Welcome to the Marvels, Mysteries and Midlanders podcast. Prepare to take a dive into all things mythical, eerie and downright strange. Stick around, you might just enjoy yourself. Man, put the central heating on, Lewis. It is. Put the CH on, on, mate. I'm quite fortunate to have a very hot building. Yeah, heat rises and all that. There we go. I'll do. Some not that cold, really. (laughs) It's rising to the sixth floor. (laughs) There we go. Perfect. (laughs) There we go. Beautiful. The the perfect background. A (laughs) low res image of Lewis is my background. Do you like it? Do you like it? Good, good. So, Adam, what's the uh, the schedule for tonight since you're going out partying because you made a oh, pinky promise? Um, so we have to be on the bus by half eight, and then we go to Spoons. Ooh. And then after Spoons, Ooh. about 11 o'clock, we go to somewhere called Sin City, which is the most oh. derelict and disgusting place in Swansea. When we never, were, I, to be fair, I've never been. It might not be. It might be all right. But me, I, me and when me and Lewis were at uni, there was what was that dodgy club called, Lewis, Sin. around the corner? Sin. Yeah, it was called Sin. Was it called and, Sin as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called and Sin, dodgy, mate. And people got like just shot, stabbed, clubbed, poisoned. I hope I pick, get shot and pick, pocketed. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> I'm done with this uni lifestyle. Oh, fuck it. I'm done with it. I want my money back. And then you've got. Sorry, I want the government's money back. <laughs> and then you've got work in the morning. Mm. Smart, real Six smart. Years. All because smart. you made <laughs> real smart. So you made all because you made a pinky promise. When I was drunk, I was under the influence, and someone took advantage of that. I don't believe that. Also, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Marvel's Mysteries and Midlanders. You've just joined us in the middle of a conversation regarding university lifestyle and making promises you shouldn't, and being taken advantage of when pinky you're drunk. Is very serious. Very, very serious. Very too serious, really. I, you know what? I don't think I've ever pinky promised something. Maybe well, it's... you clearly have no close bonds with anyone, do you? It's true. I hate everyone. <laughs> you know, ev- everyone. I, you know, like many people I've fallen out with, they say I just use people as tools for my own success. So I guess, you know, pinky promises don't fall. And into here that. you are. Here I am. <laughs> you, using... <laughs> <laughs> It's not that funny. <laughs> it tickled Lewis though, so I'm I'm yeah, quite happy yeah. about that. Apparently it was quite funny. Apparently. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. I'm over it now. But yeah, <laughs> how's your week's been? Busy boys? Not so yes. busy boys? Um just lectures, learning, reading, lots of reading. I can't believe you sent me a book you were learning to read that was literally written in like Latin and you were like, Oh yeah, I have the uh, I have a new version of this now. It is, is it translated? Uh, Are they translated nice for you? Little Ovid's Metamorphoses. Any uh, <clears throat> any cultural uh, fans out there will will know of his metamorphosis. Very very nice. You know, I get a shout out for his metamorphosis. His not of it. His metamorphosis. Great humanity's metamorphosizing. Mm, so very fancy. About you, Lewis. Busy week. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and we won't jump any yeah. further into that. That is it. Just working. Just working. Just walking. Good, good. I want to bring something up. Every time I listen back to this podcast, I ask you you guys how you're doing. Guess who doesn't get asked how he's doing? Oh, you. Not much and of the James, time. James, how has your week been? You know what? I don't really feel like answering it anymore, to be honest. Well, you know, your own wrestling. We'll start it next week, okay? I want a genuine ask. <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm joking. That's a joke. So today we are looking at a British... Semi-ghost story. I say semi because it's a bit of an odd one. But I'll start by, you know, giving you a, a scenic look into where we are. So, welcome to the bleak but beautiful expanse of land known as Dartmoor. Any of you guys have been to Dartmoor? I've not been to Dartmoor, no. No, beautiful place. Never been there, but I've Googled imaged it, and it's it's nice. <clears throat> it's nice. Don't so it's located a in... weapons training there and stuff. There's, there's a prison... I know that. They do the weapons training on the prisoners. If this was a, you know, like a communist country, probably. 
But no. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of open land, the moor, the moors and such. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were actually just doing some like lap, the moors lap. murders. That's no. That's no. That's a. Uh, that's the north. That's the I, only, I only know moors. It from Peep Show. <laughs> you only know about the moors murders because of Peep Show. Yes, uh, I can confirm that is how I know about it. <laughs> Your Honor, I that, that is yes, I, I do not recall. Yeah, the Moors murders are, are just grim. There's not really, it's just an awful. The Moors, awful. the Moors murders. Uh, oh yeah, the Moor, the Moors murders. I've been watching Peep Show myself recently. To be fair, tech startup, bit risky. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, Dartmoor is located in the south of Devon. This area itself has become synonymous with legendary tales. One of the most famous being the Hound of the Baskervilles. With your boy, Mr. Sherlock Holmes, deducer supreme. Blah, blah, blah. So, obviously, Sherlock Holmes is a work of fiction. But that's where it was based, okay? Wait, Sherlock he, Holmes wasn't real? No, mate. He was, uh, he, he wasn't real. You know, reason, you should, but what's funny about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the writer of Sherlock, obviously, you know, Sherlock Holmes is quite a grounded, realistic kind of, you know, um, genius crime solver. But he actually believed in fairies, and there was this a story we haven't covered where these uh, fairies appearances took place, and Conan Doyle was like, "Yeah, mate, definitely, definitely happened." Yeah, so, mate, um, fucking fairies. Yeah, Lewis is just shaking his head in disapproval. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, also, yeah. Uh, in case we, uh, it's not on the episode just yet, Lewis is currently wrapped up in a blanket, and we've uh, told him to put his central heating on, and he said he already has. But you know, whatever, whatever. He looks very cozy. So cosy. The coziest of Carters, we could say. So, the land of Dartmoor is enriched with tales ranging from fairies, a headless horseman, more spectral hounds, witches, and even the legendary Battle of the Piskies. You want to take a quick guess at what a Battle of the Piskies is? Battle of the Piskies? Because everyone's just pissing each other. I don't know what a Pisky is. Is it like an elfy type it's a form, thing? It's a, form of, it's a form of pixie, yeah. And Adam, yeah, you were... Dead on the money, mate. Everyone pisses on each other. Yeah, of course. I fucking knew it. Yeah, Dirty yeah. bastards. <laughs> I love them. Knew it. Knew it. I knew it. But yeah, it was uh, essentially a battle between the uh, factions of pixies. So, it is said that even the devil himself came to Dartmoor during the Great Thunderstorm on the 21st of October, 1638. Something amusing, Adam. Sorry, I just... Of all the places that the devil could go to, he chooses Dartmoor. <laughs> I just don't believe well, it. Well, it sounds better than Swansea. Well, <laughs> that may be. I would be equally surprised if the devil came to Swansea. Okay. I'd say, what's devil, good, what are you doing here? What's a good location for the devil to come to then? Hell? Because, oh, yeah. Like, but sorry, stay in your place. Yeah, that's where it is. He, yeah, yeah. You can't if visit Hell. He only lives there. Dartmoor or fucking Swansea, then my respect for the devil is completely non-existent. Vegas. Where the... Vegas, baby. Vegas. Sin That's I want the devil. City. I want the devil to be in Vegas. I want him to be fucking playing blackjack and yeah, losing but, loads of money. But what if he just wants a break from the sin? He's just sick of the The devil sin. never wants a break from sin. That's that's entirely what the devil is made up on. Based on your standing knowledge of the devil. Based on everyone's standing knowledge of the devil. Well, everyone's wrong! Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so during this thunderstorm on the... 1638. Thank you, Lewis, for getting that for me. So this thunderstorm was taking Lewis place and, and a church not. service was taking place at the Church of St. Pancras with around 300 people attending when all of a sudden a ball of lightning struck the building. Four people were killed. I feel like I should join in, but Go I, on, I don't Join in. Join in. Oh, yeah. Oh, remix, some good lightning sounds. Little, little remix there. So yeah, so a ball of lightning hit the building, killed four people, and sixty people were injured. I feel like during this moment, the pastor was getting—he was, you know, doing his his gospel and getting really passionate. And I as wanted to make hit, a pastor joke. As he hit the crescendo, you make—you can make a, a pastor joke. Why are they eating pasta in times like this? Why? Why? <laughs> That's not the no. I'm just asking. Why are they eating pasta in times like this? Oh right, sorry, that was the I was, joke. I, th I thought that. Oh, right, no, okay. you fucked My it body. for me. Sorry, I don't understand how humor works. Sorry. 
Again, my world, you're just living in it, right? Clearly. <laughs> so, yeah, I imagine the pastor was getting proper dramatic. And then as he hit the edge of his crescendo, his, his crescendo of his speech, lightning hit. He was like, you got to feel him. you got to praise him. you got to love him. And then he went. To be fair, four and 60 is not bad. That's a that's an all right ratio. Quality ratio. For death to injury. For death, mate. Not bad. Not bad. Ideal, mate. Ideal. <laughs> the storm itself was actually meant to have been caused by Satan, who had made a deal with one of the members of the congregation. This particular member was a card player known as either Jan Reynolds or Bobby Reed. <laughs> what? Why? One of them. They're not even similar. <laughs> <laughs> it was either this bloke I'm, or this bloke. I'm just well. Oh, Jan Reynolds was a, a woman, but you know, if you if you oh gonna, sorry, I just misgendered someone. My bad. If you would someone... like to cancel this uh, podcast, please get in touch at MMM. Please Midlanders. don't. I work very hard to keep it running. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, so what is it with gamblers and the devil as well? Why doesn't God have a he go? Loves you a know deal. what? He, he's yeah. a fiend. He's yeah. a fiend for the table. He's a, he's a fiend for the. He loves the a good score. fucking wager. Yeah, um, he what, gets off on it. Why doesn't God be like, you know what? I want to put some money on this too. You know what? Screw that. Get other pantheons involved. Get Ra in. Get Zeus in. Get Odin in. Uh, Apollo. I want to see all the pa- get Apollo Jupiter. in. Get them all in. Betting money. You know, let's, let's raise these stakes. Mad. Mad time. Either way, though, a deal had been struck with the devil, and it went like this. If the devil ever found the gambling person asleep in a church, the devil could have his soul. Very particular, very particular set Wait, of, if you uh, gamble in a church, the devil automatically claims your soul? No, if you fall asleep in a church. Oh, oh of course. Just, just don't go to a church. You, know you what think that, 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 church but, would protect you from the devil, but apparently Yeah, exactly. But uh, if the devil ever found them asleep in church, he would claim their soul. The person themselves was said to have fallen asleep during the service that day and with their pack of cards in their hand. Another version of the legend states that the devil arrived to collect the souls of four people playing cards during the church service, hence the four that died. Rumour has it that the devil himself came to Dartmoor in human form, or his red form, I don't know what you call it, red-skinned, is that... Is like that okay demon. to say? Like, like you know, like a, maybe a slightly red-tinged human-looking. But apparently he rode for Widdicombe via the Tavistock Inn located in Poundgate. Poundgate, Lewis is nodding furiously. Yeah, he's falling right asleep again. Classic Carter. Falling Classic asleep Carter. During an episode. Old Bank Carter. Do you, want, do you want your prune juice there? <laughs> I've got it, Oh, oh, dear. Oh, it's getting a bit low on prunes. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> but yeah, so the devil came to Poundgate and he did what most weary travellers did and asked for directions and refreshment. Personally, I feel like if I was Lucifer, you know, I'd just... To be fair, get, if, send if someone I was, else to collect the souls. If I know. was lost and I needed directions... I feel like it was a bit of a piss take to also ask for a drink. Oh, mate, do you know where the fucking Poundgate Inn is? Well, yeah, <laughs> you got you got a fucking you got a Stella as well, mate. Can I have a cheeky bit of your Stella? Got Stella, mate. Yeah, got Stella. Fuck off, <laughs> mate. If he was red skinned, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll mate, give you have what you want. Do fucking... you think the devil would come and claim? He'd send somebody else to claim the souls, though. He, he, he likes to do his personal trips, doesn't he? He always turns. Maybe up he's got like, trust issues. I mean, he was he was banished out of heaven many many years ago. Lucifer. Yeah, remember that name, Lucifer. Huh? Huh? So Even the devil was an angel before. <laughs> <laughs> so the devil showed up to the Tavistock Inn, and the landlady spoke of a visit afterwards of a tall man in black with cloven hooves for feet. It didn't quite stick the the transformation landing to look completely human. He kept kept his kept his goat legs, you know. <laughs> Just to, just so, for a... so this landlady was like, oh, you don't have feet, you have hooves. Do you want a room? <laughs> no, apparently... Business he, is business. He just stopped by for a drink, apparently. He hitched his jet black steed to the post outside and ordered a mug of ale. And it allegedly hissed as it went down his throat. Ooh. He's, he's a so, fiend for alcohol he's, he's as well, so, not just the gambling table. So hot, the drink bubbles in his throat. 
Ah, Satan. You do things to me. So apparently (laughs) he finished his drink swiftly, and where he placed the tankard after he was done, it left a scorch mark. And apparently, I don't want to freak anyone out, but apparently he left burnt arse marks on the bench as well. Does this man just say... Imprints still knocking about. I don't know, mate. So he left cheat marks on the seat. I mean, I... I don't know that he did. I'm assuming he did because he sat down. Would you categorise it as a bunder? A bunder? A bunder, yes. What is a bunder? A bunder is essentially a fat ass. Someone has a fat ass, they have a bunder. You you learn a lot from being in university. Is it opposite to dummy thick? Um, No, dummy thick is uh, quite equal to bunder. Um, However, bunder is like the general term you'd use. You wouldn't say ass, you say, yo, they've got a... They got a thick bunda. Or I got a thick bunda. Or that bunda be dummy thick. That but <laughs> so fat ass is bunda then. Of course, yes. Bunda is just ass. But a uh, bunda can also be not dummy thick at the same time. Well it's very, it's, very difficult to understand. Very, it is, yeah. Man, However, the... James, you spend some time with the youth, you'll understand. Is it just oh. a bottom? It is just yeah. a bottom. Ass. Oh, there you go. Fixed it. Bum. Bunda. Bum. His bum. But yeah, so the devil had his drink, left a scorch mark on the desk, and presumably left an R scorch mark as well. He promptly paid the landlady and rode off into the night. The coins, however, turned to dried leaves in her hand as he what left. Ruler of all hell can't even pay for a bloody drink. The disrespect. He is the devil, to be fair. Yeah, but come on. Come on, Satan. Pay for your drink. He did. Yeah, he did. But, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the devil eventually reached Widdicombe Church, and somehow, I don't know if he barged into the church, waited for them to come out, but soon enough, he claimed his prize, the soul of the gambler. I can imagine as he got closer to the church, he was like, because <sighs> the holy energy obviously doesn't feel great for the Satan. So he was like, <clears throat> and just walked into the church, grabbed the guy, and flew off into the night. Or do you think he sat down next to him? The guy woke up and was like, oh, it's you. Your soul is mine. It, it's you. Is this the lightning? Yeah. yeah, this is the lightning story. All right. So he walks into the church and that he comes. He, took, he takes the guy's soul. Throws a flashbang down. <laughs> Breach it clear. Breach it clear. Package secure. Yeah, he MP5'd his way to the middle of the uh, the congregation, yanked the guy out, took his soul, bish, bash, bosh, another soul to the devil. Yeah, Terrorist win. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a little intro for you into the, uh, the land of Dartmoor, the absolute madness that can take place there. But today we're focusing on something a little more hairier, more fingernaily, but no less mysterious. Today, my fellow listeners, join us as we venture to the Misty Moors to uncover the truth behind the hairy hands of Dartmoor. Hairy hands of Dartmoor. Hairy hands of Dartmoor. I'm sure there's quite a few hairy hands in Dartmoor. Oh, you'd be an expert, would you? Uh, Lewis agreed with me. By uh, the way. He did. He did agree. I did. He nodded quite furiously yeah. again. I'm starting to feel as the episodes go by that I'm being alienated from you two. I feel left out. I feel. I feel like you are just to believe that. <laughs> Insecurities confirmed. <laughs> Yahoo! Right. Uh, wahoo! But yeah, so let's get let's set the scene, guys. It is the year 1925, and winter is in full swing at that point in 1925. Not that it was an entire year of winter, because that would be shit. Thankfully, this is the middle of the countryside, so it's pitch black. But the sky is clear, and the moon glistens on the frost developing across the grass and beyond. You're heading home down the B3212, the B3212, so to speak, after a night out with your mates in Morton Hampstead, a market town. Probably doing 1920s things like hopscotch and discussing your post-World War I trauma. True. Yeah. yeah, Wait until World War II. Wait until that absolute truth. You think you've been through shit? Fuck me. (laughs) So the road you're going down is an old one, also known as Carter's Road. No, where, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Where you Lewis's pay Road. The, yeah, you got to pay the toll or Lewis will come out and bash you in with a frosty cudgel. You'll bum you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> is that true, Lewis? Are you, uh, are you into that kind of... That? Bashing. Bashing. Yeah, he bashes in every way possible. 
Bridge and clear. <laughs> the, ro the road. Back it secure. So, Car so Carter's Road literally had this name because it was built by a man called Carter. So, for all we know, it could have been one of Lewis's descendants. We just, we just well, don't was know. Was his first name Carter or was his second name Carter? He just said he was named Carter. Maybe it's called well, Carter Carter. Carter Carter. Carter Carter. Carter Carter, mate. Maybe he's a grand ancestor of Lewis exactly. himself. Yeah, yeah, I think it could be. Probably not, but... Ancestry.com, contact us. We've got some really important questions to ask. Also but sponsor us. Sponsor us as well. <laughs> or we'll contact uh, Ann Summers and we'll do good quality sex toy dudes. Ann anyway, it's No, sorry. Love Honey. Let's get Love Honey involved. Because, because <laughs> Where did that come from? Hey, man. You gotta get your sponsors you somehow, get anywhere, and mate. I feel like we're quite, you know, we're quite open. We're quite, we're open-minded when it comes to pleasures of the flesh. And I feel a couple of just love, flesh. Just love honey. <laughs> would love to sponsor us. Only you come on, make guys. It not sexy by saying pleasures of the flesh. Uh, have you know? Back in the third. Oh, century, have you know? My wife in, loves that in, term. Back in the tenth century. <laughs> <laughs> you know not to talk about my wife, Adam. In when it comes to you this know kind of thing. Leading James. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, by the way, she says she doesn't want to see you anymore because it's awkward. Anyway, let's go on the story. Let's go on the story. It's too awkward. I, don't, I cannot it's, see you anymore. It's, it's just wrong. Quotes in... anymore. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because all those uh, those forced uh, FaceTime calls weren't enough, were they? Anyway, because it's, me, the <laughs> because it's the 1920s, your car isn't doing so well in the heated chairs or air conditioning department. You so you are freezing. You are freezing, chattering your teeth away, and luckily, however, you are wearing a nice heavy coat. What did you say? I said, were there cars back then in the 1920s? There's cars. Right. Yeah. Carriage. Right. Cart. So, so, like a cart horse. Mm. A cart well, horse. In Red Dead Redemption, which is set in like 1913, you have a, a car. game. <laughs> well, it's better than yours, where you go, I think, uh, I think. I think that um, I'm a philosopher, James. So. <laughs> yeah, think about something worth thinking about. <laughs> I think, right. therefore, I am. The first motor wagon was invented in 1886. So I'm just motor saying, wagon. mass production of cars, 1927 at least, 1901. So you know, yeah, there's a car. Okay, this person in the story is a rich person. They've got a all car. Right. Okay, right. okay. So okay. they're they're tottering along the lane. Okay, James, I didn't know he was rich. Okay. <laughs> Rolls-Royce. <laughs> Rolls yeah, he was driving his 1901 Rolls-Royce edition around the uh, the uh, Dartmoor countryside, the Moors. and But he had no heater or heated chair, so he was freezing, but he was wearing a nice heavy coat, nice and snug, tottering down the road. So you're wow. currently passing Arch Tor, a hill easily missed, especially by motorists in the area. But tonight it's in full view thanks to the moon. It's almost magical. But don't feel too mesmerised right now. It's about to get a little horrifying. As your car lights illuminate the road, a large, hunched-over brown figure stands looking away from you, doing God knows what in the night, before you even realise it's there. You are still flying towards it, and this thing definitely notices you. Its glaring eyes carving through your headlights to meet yours. What feels like minutes to you is merely seconds. Before you realise that your hands are grasping at the handbrake, if there was handbrakes back then, you know what? It's for the story. Get over it. This isn't time, team, all right? Excuse me, handbrakes weren't invented until 1938. Fair enough, then. Okay, so you, you, you're grabbing or pressing on the nearest I just made brake, that up, by the way. I know, but it worked. It convinced me. And before you know it, your car is swirling across the icy road towards the being waiting in the road. Imagine just sliding towards this thing, just screaming. <laughs> However, your car halts before it can reach the monster. Embarrassingly, though, it was just a deer going for a night stroll. A oh. late night stroll. Typical. It's what people call a cold open. Because <laughs> it's cold, you get it. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, good response. Right. <laughs> so you back into your car. Let's get you home. Making your way towards the higher Cherry Brook Bridge. And due to the increasingly icy roads, you gently apply the brakes as you cross. And just as you do... Your car is suddenly violently pulled to the left, like you've decided to embrace the call of the void. Ooh, I love that. The car begins to shake uncontrollably as you start to hit the grassy terrain next to you. Uh, while this is happening, guys, the uh, Adam and Lewis are doing great impressions of this happening on the camera. I wish I could show you. 
Don't be sending those gestures again. I'm not I'm penguins dancing at me the entire hour. So the car begins to shake uncontrollably. Whilst trying to save your car and your life, you notice something. Something beyond comprehension. Something not of this world. A pair of hairy, severed hands unnaturally attached to your steering wheel with a vice-like grip. As they tighten, the flesh of the hands begins to show its strands of muscle moving under its thin, hair-ridden and discoloured skin. Some eyewitnesses' sightings have said that the hands are yellow, pinky-purple, or even black. That's quite a... That's, that's quite a big difference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say! Purple, yellow... But uh, the other one, yeah, I don't like, remember. Different levels of they're different levels of decay, though, isn't it? Really, you know, that's what that's what it's. I all mean, that's about. quite, uh, you know, different mm. on the color chart. Radiation poisoning hands. Anyway, the nails on the hands have been described as long and sharp, or the nails of that of a person who bites them viciously. So again, really long nails or really short nails. But the nails themselves are far more split and yellowy. Whatever works for you, just go with it. Okay, in your head, imagine a pair of hairy, discolored. Naily, hot nails. Yeah, maybe just mm. real long, long pedicured nails. Grinding down your back. Manicured even. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> While driving, yeah. Maybe one hand is yellow with short nails and one hand is black with long nails. Yeah. <laughs> putting put a, a, a wrong pair of socks on. Oh. <laughs> You're going with oh, that my, hand How embarrassing. Yeah. My hand is black and the other is yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? So... The more you try and yank the steering wheel to take control, the harder the hands grip on and yank back like it's their place. Eventually, you find yourself flying headlong into a small group of low trees, the hard branches scraping and slapping the top side of your car until the hands pull you directly into a tree for a violent crash. Steam blows and hisses out of your now totally written off car. Hope you've got insurance, mate. And the smell of oil now freshly in your nostrils. However, you're absolutely fine. You survived, par a few cuts and bruises. Looking down, you see the ghostly hands have vanished. But what matters is that you got through your first and hopefully only encounter with the hairy hands of Dartmoor. You've just joined the ranks of many people who were taking a nice little journey down the B-3212 who were totally sidelined by these intrusive phantom appendages. They didn't discriminate, choosing to attack cars, Bikes, That's good. carriages, and even ponies. I wasn't talking about race, Adam. No, Calm down. I'm just saying, I'm glad my spectres do not discriminate. Yeah. They treat everyone uh, equally. Imagine if you were just walking and the hands got you. How would they, they get you? Didn't they just pull your legs from under you? Whoa! I reckon they'd just like pants you. Oi, oi, oi. I reckon they'd just push you out. Oh, <laughs> mate. From the side. <laughs> yeah. Or just happy slap you. Yeah. What a craze. What a craze that was, eh? Oh. <laughs> How, did you know? <laughs> How did you know, Phantom? <laughs> Everyone gets like, ow, ow, one guy's just like, oh. Do it again. <laughs> hands, hands, come back. Spectral hands. Oh. Why, why did you go? <laughs> so, this tale I just amused you both with was just one of the many experiences people went through during this time. During the 1920s, the encounters were actually coming through quite thick and fast. Something was going on with hands in the 1920s in Dartmoor. We don't know. Ooh, ghost hands. But yeah, so this next tale, a woman was staying in a caravan in the ruins of a powder mill. And that will be important later. But why she chose to put a caravan in, a pa- in the ruins of a powder mill, I, I, I'll never know. So, after a brisk hike around the area... When's this? And the, uh, this is uh, 1920s. Uh, Still? Mid-1920s, mid okay. yeah. So after a brisk hike around the area and a small tipple of booze to warm her up, she settled down for the evening and eventually drifted off to sleep. A few hours later, in the dead of night, she was pulled out of her sleep by a sudden fear. A change in atmosphere, you could say. During the mid-sleep interruption adjustment and waiting for her eyes to focus, she could hear a light tapping against the side of the caravan. tap 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 don't hit the mic. Tap, it's not tap, good for the tap. mic. Tap, tap, tap. The tapping slowly moved until she could hear the sound of it tapping against the glass. And sure enough, what she saw with the same pair of hands, Sans person, creepily crawling up her window like some sort of mutated insect. 
Her first instinct was to lunge for her crucifix, and as she flashed it at the hands, they flew back and vanished into the night. She wouldn't sleep much for the rest of the evening, but the hands would never hassle her again. The following morning, a car was found upturned in a ditch not far from the caravan, the driver dead and no cause to how it happened. A similar version of this particular tale happened when folklore enthusiast Theo Brown was staying in a caravan around half a mile from the B3212. What do you think of the hands so far, gents? Very horny. <laughs> Very horny hands. Would you like to, uh, you know? Elaborate. Yes, please. I would please love to elaborate, elaborate James. Please Thank elaborate. You. elaborate. Um, if there's one thing I want in the middle of the night, it's... <laughs> pair of hairy hands a pair touching of hairy you. hands just confirming all that I thought was true before just making me feel safe it's good to feel safe though mm. isn't it I would eliminate all crucifixes or crosses I would let all the hands come into my room and sensually soothe me to sleep <laughs> why don't you Sorry. do that James <laughs> huh why don't you break well, into my house and soothe me well, to sleep? When me and Lewis come to Swansea. Right. We'll do it for you. All right, we'll, put you. A bli- we'll, we'll put a blindfold on you, provided by lovehoney.com. And, um, <laughs> and we'll, you know, we'll put some, maybe put some gloves, or maybe put some moisturizing gel on our hands first. Oh, that'd be nice. And we'll stroke you. Maybe start with the tips of the toes, you know, move yeah. down. Move, move down. To or the maybe just, of the just some lube. Provided by lovehoney.com. Yeah, um, lovehoney.com. <laughs> um, yeah, Use code I mean, MMM to get 20% off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Real deal. It means sure. Okay. So when me and Lewis visit you, a good stroking is what you'll get. Okay. Yes. Thank you. That's all I ever so wanted. That's, it's all I've ever wanted to give you, to be honest. But yeah. So many distractions, so many obstacles. Anyway, Lewis, do you want to read something, my boy? Of course yes. you do. This is an excerpt from the author of Devon's Ghost, Devon Ghost, nineteen eighty-two, who was the uh, Theo Brown I just previously mentioned before talking about caressing Adam's body. Take so me, we, Theo. So, when you're ready, Lewis, go ahead. What kind of? You can whatever voice you want, whatever you imagine. Uh, she sounds like whilst you know, telling oh, this the is story. a she. This is she. Theo Brown. I yeah. I mean, it could be. A, it sounds like a male name, but could be a All right. Oh, I, I just do my voice. Power. I just do my voice. Yeah, people like your voice, Lewis. I knew there was some power very seriously menacing near us, and I must act very swiftly. I looked up at the little window at the end of the caravan. I saw something moving. As I stared, I saw it. You want to start again? No, he's he's a quarter of the way from the sentence. As I looked up to the little window at the end of the caravan, I saw something moving, and as I stared, I saw it. I saw it was the fingers and the palms of a very very large hand, with many hairs on the joints and back of it, clawing up to the top of the tent, which was a little open. Can I do the other half? So, if you, if, yeah, of course you can. A caravan with a tent on top. That's um. Oh no, I know, I know what they're on about. I know what they're on about. Yeah, what are they on about, Adam? <clears throat> There's like some strange caravans you can get that have like uh, I don't know what you call them, but I think they have like it's like a sunroof, but they like kind of uh turns into a tent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also. For for the listeners, if you want to imagine what the hands look like, imagine those cheap gloves you can get for Halloween. The world <laughs> gloves. With oh hair on. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. basically what these hands. Imagine a floating pair of them coming after you. Adam, would you like to continue? Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, where was it? Where were we? Clawing up to the top of the tent, which was a little open. Yeah, I knew. It wished. Here we go, guys. I knew it wished to do harm to my husband sleeping below. I knew that the owner of the hand hated us and wished harm. And I knew it was no ordinary hand, and that no blow or shot would have any power over it. How can Almost. you know a pair? Of, sorry to interrupt, Adam. Sorry, How do you know a pair? Of, I apologise. How well, can you know a pair of hands <laughs> hates you? You can tell from the fingers. <laughs> just, just the fingers, middle fingers. I think they hate me. <laughs> sorry, Adam. Continue. Um, I've lost where I was now, James. Thank you very much. Um, 
Almost unconsciously, I made the sign of the cross and I prayed very much that we might be kept safe. At once, the hand slowly sank down out of sight and I knew the danger was gone. I did say a thankful prayer and fell at once into a peaceful sleep. We stayed in that spot for several weeks, but I never felt the evil influence again near the tent. But I did not feel happy in some places not far off and would not for anything have walked alone on the moor at night or on the tour above our tent. See, that's too, it's funny as well. That, that is essentially history repeating itself. I had that lady in the 20s who had a similar experience. And then, so, sorry, James, well. can I just say that the uh, message above this is just you saying cunt? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, mate. Oh, I can <laughs> screenshot it for you if you want, pal. Please, please do. Here I we can't are. See it. Last message I can see was it's a picture of Psyduck. So I, I don't can know. See what, the, uh, I, um, I can't see Lewis, am I, am I wrong or not? Does this no. not why say is the, cunt? Why is the, why, <laughs> the picture's not loading? How Mate, convenient. I don't, it is convenient because it sounds like complete bullshit. Say Defamation. <laughs> defamation of Say. character. This is this is defamation of character. So that obviously that took place around the eighties. That tale you just read, Adam. That that okay. book came out in nineteen eighty two. So it actually mm-hmm. could have took place eighties, maybe mid uh, seventies. Yeah, of course, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So now we're going to jump back to nineteen twenty one. Oh, any uh, observations so far, gents? Sorry. Please. Um, I'm observing that I need a piss very badly, so I'm going to go now. I'm going to take this opportunity to go. You segue me into that. Thank you very much. No, it's cock still out. I saw For it. What, how did this happen? What have I come back to? Fucking hell. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to screenshot this. No! Please! <laughs> there Listen, we go. For listeners, I was just giving an example. Amateur Ryan, so are we good to continue? Yes, now, that's good. Now there's a picture of me uh, belly dancing in my underwear on the sky. <laughs> hey, like, hey, like that Bill Gates. We'll post that on the Instagram, I promise. <laughs> so, jump <Get> in. <laughs> just into it. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> so, gentlemen, sorry about that. So, jumping back to 1921, a one Dr. Ernest Hasler Helby LRCP, MRCS, DPH. Age 51 was the medical officer at Dartmoor Prison. Uh, so, yeah, he's got three uh, titles. LRCP, which is Licentiate of the Royal College of Physicians. MRCS, Membership of the Royal College of Surgeons. And DPH, Doctor of Public Health. So, you know, he's pretty... Man's educated. He's an educated man, yeah. So he would take uh, numerous journeys across Dartmoor to the prison to his home on his motorcycle. So one day, whilst riding his motorcycle with his two daughters in the sidecar, he just reached the entrance of Archerton, a country house in the centre of Dartmoor. I know I said two daughters, but some of the tellings of this account say they were actually the prison governor's daughters. But either way, it's a set of daughters, okay? I try not to say it out loud, James. So being a skilled rider, he got to know the winding lanes of Dartmoor quite well, especially when using his motorcycle. However, on the 24th of March, 1921, his usual journey was to end in tragedy. The bike's control was, according to the two daughters, ripped from his hands by some ghastly blast of ceaseless wind. The doctor told the girls in a panic to abandon the bike, and as he apparently fought to control the situation, the girls dived out of the bike and presumably either landed in the road and got scraped real good or hit some sort of damp, moorish area. Yeah, bog, or maybe it may be a bog. I don't know. Abandon your posts! <laughs> exactly, Adam. Abandon your posts! <laughs> Flee! Flee for your lives! Flee for your lives! It's exactly like that. It's so, like that. regrettably, the good doctor crashed fractured his skull, and despite intense medical treatment, passed away that same day. At the resulting inquest, the coroner deemed the accident was due to the wheel spokes and axle breaking up. But despite this claim, some have said it was indeed the work of the hairy hands. Did one of the hands just go like this into his wheel? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit! (laughs) 
I uh, no. It, um, uh, it, it, they have a thing for either put the, the hands either took control of your steering wheel, or they put their hands over your hands and hold your hands in place. Oh, that's kind of cute, like a couple. It's cute when they try and kill you. I yeah. wish I wasn't alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a dating podcast. Like, like a romantic, <laughs> loving relationship <laughs> that I will never have. <laughs> Maybe tonight's the night, mate. You're meant to laugh, James. Every week with the self-loathing. <laughs> Every week. It's like 60% of my personality. Come on. <laughs> I'm starting to not like 60% of you. Well, you can 60% fuck off. <laughs> I will 60%. Fine. But 40% will still be judging you anyway. <laughs> so, shortly after the accident, yet another motorcycle accident took place. This time to an army officer. Once again, the army officer was bombing it down the roads of Dartmoor and was once again thrown off of his motorcycle. He lived to tell the tale, but this time it came with the same horrifying detail. He actually said, it was not my fault. Believe it or not, something drove me off the road. A pair of hairy, muscular hands closed over mine. I felt them as plainly as ever I felt anything in my life. Large, muscular, hairy hands. I fought them for all I was worth. But they were too oh, strong for yeah. me. They forced the machine into the turf at the edge of the road, and I knew no more till I came to myself, lying a few feet away he came on my to face. Himself. <laughs> <laughs> These large muscular hands are too much for me, Spectre. <laughs> oh! <laughs> what does muscular hands look like? I've got I like really quite... just big burly hands, I imagine. <laughs> big hairy werewolf hands, yeah. Ah, skinny boy hands. Lewis, you've got like. You have like, a claw, you have a talent. You've got, you got cave creature hands. Yeah, oh, look at that talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're baby stealing hands, they are. <laughs> he definitely steals babies. Creature in the night stealing babies. <laughs> you eat babies! <laughs> so, yeah, so this army guy, he crashed as well, woke up and was like, What happened? These muscular hands got me. So, at this point, you guys have heard more than enough about the hairy hands to know what they're all about. But at this point, what do you think they are? What is their purpose? Suspend your logical points of view and roll with me here, boys. Oh, what fuck do you think knows. it is? I don't really know. That's um, not that's not productive to that's the That's my logical man. point, fuck knows. Oh, fuck knows. <laughs> I want Why are they hairy? I mean you you think werewolf, right? Give hairy me hands. Your I'm theory. giving you them, James, you bastard. <laughs> I you know, you think werewolf, right? But some kind of like ghostly spectre werewolf. But why would he want to like make people drive off the roads? So werewolves do not do that. That's that's the last thing they do. And also, werewolves don't tend to have hands that float about. But they have hairy hands, though, don't they, Jane? Name me another thing apart from werewolves that have hairy hands. Go. Five, four, three, Greek two. men. Greek men. <laughs> Greek men was your answer. Uh, no, I'm only joking, obviously. Sorry, um, Grecians. I love the Greek people as much as I love any people. No, um, no I think other things your that have hands hairy are hands. Fucking disgusting. Don't kiss. Don- donkeys don't have hands, Lewis. I said monkeys. <laughs> 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 Donkeys don't have fucking hands, Lewis. Yeah, monkey. Maybe it's a pair of monkey hands. That's a good Lewis. So like a monkey spectre. Ape, the ape ghost of Dartmoor. I honestly have no fucking idea. Mm. Are you, Lewis? I think you it's a werewolf with. I'd say um, some kind of bit, ghostly but with like rocket. Detachable <laughs> I, no, I reckon it's a werewolf that just never learned to drive and is very jealous of all these people that I've No, right you've just now. you've just missed Lewis's incredible theory. Like Sorry, a transformer kind yeah. of detachable hands. <laughs> hands detached like rocket and fly about. <laughs> it's on my wheel! Oh! <laughs> yeah. That is quite a theory. But yeah, what was yours, Adam? Sorry. I can't even remember. Lewis's uh, yeah, theory is overtaken. I think Lewis has trumped any possible theory. I think he has. Yeah. Did you think about it? You don't really see many ghosts of werewolves out there. I mean, the Hexham Heads, you had those strange, like, spectral goat men and stuff. But. Yeah, just... Ghostsaur is human. Can you not yeah. have, like. Yeah. Although, to yeah. be fair, werewolves are quite ambiguous in themselves. So to have a ghostly werewolf is even more ambiguous. Yeah. But the, yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, but maybe it's thank you, James. Maybe it's, you're welcome. Maybe it's something you know completely 
that we're not aware of. It's a whole new You're aware level. of. Oh, Lewis has got something. Maybe it was an experimental weapon. We have created the most deadly pair of hands in the entire Great <laughs> British. <laughs> and we've released them onto the... Yeah, it's, it's an experiment that escaped. Chuck, there's ghostly werewolf hands. Throw you <laughs> off the road. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It was a soldier who was put into military training in some sort of base on Dartmoor. And they injected like some sort of Jekyll and Hyde serum into him. He just has like, mass pieces, it, uh, PTSD and just swerves himself off the road. <laughs> no, it's was, a werewolf! <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking more... You know, they injected him, and his hands changed, and then it went into like an evil dead mode where the hands were trying to strangle him. He was like, cut them off! Cut them off! And then they cut off his hands, and then they just threw him in the bin. And then uh, they crawled out. They yeah. crawled out. I mean, they are meant to be spectral hands, but maybe the serum's got spectral qualities to oh, it. Oh, ghost hands. Apparently, some described them as spectral, but some said they seemed quite solid. Ghost? Yeah, ghostly. Hang on, I seem to remember... He's remembering oh, no. something. Shut down. I'm remembering wrong. <laughs> Abort! <laughs> what were you remembering wrong? I thought I may have said Spectre was a ghost, but I said ghoul. You said ghoul, yeah. You said ghoul. Mate, I would have been... Ghoulish so, hands. I mean, you could say they were ghoulish as well, to be fair, in appearance. I'll give you that. Yeah. So they were there, and then they were not. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, 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 they appear and then they and they went, yeah, yeah. You you aren't wrong, you know. You're definitely on the right line with it. So I was laughing at something you just did on camera. Oh, sorry. What my uh my, my chest yeah. tense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so soon enough, the tale got out and the Daily Mail pounced on it, picked up the story, and it became headline news. Which for me. That's more like it. I want more supernatural headline news. Not like Boris Johnson's getting sucked off by his aid or something like that. I want giant mushroom people terrorizing a village in to be Northumberland. Fair, That's what that, I want on the front of my no, newspaper. No, no, no. To be what? fair, that Boris Johnson news is quite good news. Yeah, but... I would like to see that. <sighs> well, put on page... Boris Johnson receives a supreme suck job. <laughs> Put it on page two at least. Come on, you know, just nah, give me. I'd want that front page. You're the reason why. I'd want to see the. You're the reason the why. Sheer satisfaction in his face. <laughs> you said it'd be a picture of him. Oh yes, come on. Yes, your 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 mouth is uh, uh, quite. Your mouth is sublime. <laughs> I, I, I've not received uh, such a pleasure in uh, uh, twenty uh, years uh, uh, of oh, Parliament. <laughs> of Parliament. Yeah. So. Obviously, the Daily Mail pounced on it, and on the morning of the 24th of October 1921, a local author by the name of Beatrice Chase submitted a written piece to the Western Morning News. She believed she knew exactly what the cause of this dangerous phenomenon was. She said, dot, 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 who wants to read it? Any volunteers? I'll read it. Who is it? Beatrice Chase. Beatrice Chase. Describe Beatrice to me. She uh, is a... She's a sensual woman. She's quite a stickler, you know, she's... Uh, oh, very up, quite uptight. Quite uptight, you know, she's oh, stuck, okay. she stuck to very, her opinions. Very much uh, stuck to her by opinions. the book. Yeah, by the book, but... Fuck me, James, this is long. It's not long, it's light. Yeah. So, she said... These things may be due to magnetic rocks, of which there are many on Dartmoor. This extraordinary season may have increased or altered the magnetic currents. It would appear to have some connection with metal. And the steering wheel or handlebars would act as conductors. <laughs> and an electric shock might account for the strange sensation described by the young officer. In the interests of the public, it would be nice if someone with the requisite instruments could test that road from the top of Merripit Hill to Arkaton. Thank you very much. So, yeah, the local authorities sent engineers to investigate and repairs were made to the road, although this had nothing to do with testing for magnetic currents. Adam, your voice was a bit Dalek-y. I liked it. Oh, well, I wasn't really going for a Dalek approach. I was going for These like things a... may be due to magnetic rocks! Mm, no. Oh, actually, I get it now. <laughs> this extraordinary season! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are there monstrous hairy hands on my wheel? <laughs> Doctor! Yeah, so... We're leaving the 1920s and entering 1947. So, in 1947, September, another tragic accident took place near the Cherrybrook Bridge. Like most many people travelling to and fro social engagements, they used the B-3212 to get around. 
That evening, a young couple were returning from a night out and yet again, their motorcycle. The boyfriend was driving and the lady sat gracefully in the sidecar. However, he'd had a little bit too much to drink, roughly around two to three beers. Which, oh, that's is, right. is that lightweight, Adam, as, as a booze I mean, hound? I, I would never, I would never ever, you know, I don't know words, um, say that you should drink and drive. Yeah. But if you were to drink and drive, two to three is a lot better than, you know, nine to ten. Yeah, of course, of course. Of course. Of course. Okay, we'll go with that. So, he was like, mate, I ain't going to drive, babe. Can you do it for me instead? So he asked her to drive for him. And as they approached this bridge before they could even swap chairs, the bike suddenly entered beast mode and accelerated violently across <laughs> the grass verge. Well. They went to swap, and then <laughs> the bike just went... Beast but, mode. But they were still on it while it happened. They were kind of like half in, half off. So they flew half out of their seats. This bike flew. The woman was thrown out, and once again, the bike crashed into the bridge, flew everyone out, well, the guy mainly, and then again... He died from a, a fractured skull. The hounds struck again. In the following inquest, a one PC Tancock of local Prince Town stated that the couple were completely sober when they left their social engagement. Is he covering up for them or something? To be fair, if you felt like the steering wheel was going a bit topsy-turvy, could you not just slam the brakes on? I mean, yeah. But the point then, is the yeah. hands hold you in place to against the brakes. It doesn't hold your feet in place, though, does it? Death grip. I have completely derailed this. I'm well, so sorry, well, James. Well, how do we not know there's a pair of phantom feet near the brakes? You've hold, not hold mentioned any phantom feet in this entire episode. <laughs> there's been none mentioned in the research. Oh, by but... the way, there's phantom feet as well. <laughs> Footnote, got to make something up to make it seem real. Phantom feet, <laughs> hairier than the hands. Yeah, so um, so they crashed and the, the guy regrettably died. But in the inquest, apparently, as the bike approached the bridge, it was mysteriously caused to wobble, as we've just seen. And ultimately, it was deemed an accidental death. But it could have just been a case of boozing or cruising. Booze or and cruising. Another dirty booze hand cruise. attack. You know, there's many. <laughs> booze cruise, exactly. There's many other cases about the hands that took place with this. You know, apparently being drunk, but not at the same time. But a lot of motorcycles. And now, two more accounts. So in 1962, a visitor to Dartmoor, Florence Warwick, tootling along the road when wanting to check her location, she stopped the car to look at a map. And in her words, I looked up and saw a pair of huge, hairy hands pressed against the windscreen. I tried to scream, but couldn't. I was frozen with fear. In 2008, another motorist reported that he saw a huge pair of what looked like hairy paws grabbing Fucking his steering pair, wheel. Mate. Yeah, <laughs> huge pair of paws, apparently, this time. Hairy paws attempted to force him off the road. Werewolf claws, maybe. You may be onto something with the werewolf thing you mentioned earlier. It's the only logical explanation, really. Like spectral wolves. Spectral, or like that. spectral ghost hands, yeah. To this day, though, there are still reports of either spectral hands grabbing the steering wheel or an evil presence inside the car, in which some cases leads to erratic steering. So do you guys want to hear the proper potential story to what these things yes. are? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you want to hear, you know... Strange camber, yes. strange camber in the road. <laughs> exactly. Was so everyone just completely fucked? That's what it is, mate. Dartmoor's just a party Fucking place. Man. Party place, mate. Party so, re hands. so regrettably, like most mysteries, there is no known definitive answer to who the hands actually belong to and how they got so hairy, so muscular. Ooh. One commonly known explanation is that they belong to a worker who conveniently worked at the powder mills factory that produced gunpowder. Remember I oh, mentioned, like earlier? mentioned earlier? Yeah, the very same place where the caravan lady was staying. So the story goes that this particular worker was known for his supreme deluxe extra-large hairy hands. He was Dartmoor's slapping contest champion five years in a row and could carry a monster pumpkin in the palm of his hands. Probably. So it goes that he was apparently left a large inheritance from a relative in Italy because they were, well, they were dead. But hey, hey, no need to work anymore because he's got money. You know, he's rich. It's all good. Thank you, Italian family. <laughs> Thank you so much. Rip. Rip. <laughs> to celebrate, he had a large party for all of his workmates in the evening of his final day at work. It was an absolute rager of a party. And luckily, it was Friday, so no, so no need to come in tomorrow with a hangover. With the celebrations coming to an end and the prospects of a new life opening up to him, he decided he wanted to keep his tools as a lasting reminder of where he had come from. 
which I can respect that, you know, that's good. Remember where you came from and all that. Gotta remember your roots. Remember your roots, exactly, Adam. As we all know, gunpowder is kind of volatile, not massively known for its soothing and non-destructive qualities. So it's suggested that if you ever, ever work in a powder mill, you never, under any circumstances, wear hobnail boots in the presence of gunpowder. Now, hobnail boots were formerly used for mountaineering to grip on sloping rock surfaces, like um, the shoe, you know, with the, the spikes on the bottom and the edge? Yeah. You know, the edges that allowed you to kind of kick your foot into the rock face and climb. Mm. He was, yeah, that's the kind of boots you shouldn't wear around gunpowder. Can you, can you guess why? Can you guess why? Because it can make a spark. Yeah, it makes a spark with the metal. I know, yeah. Why would you stand on gunpowder in the. Hey, just because he he, he earned, you know, he inherited money doesn't mean he was smart. <laughs> so simply because the floors of the mill were made of granite stone and there was a significant amount of gunpowder everywhere, the risk of a spark being made were very, very high. In this particular case, the rules still stand and the rich man with hairy hands and prospects found himself quickly swallowed by an incredible explosion that destroyed the mill and pulverized him. Once the emergency response team had arrived, of whatever caliber they were, apparently all that was left was his massive hairy hands. Tools still clutched in both of them. If this is what the basis for these hauntings are, is it because his immortal soul is bitter about not being able to enjoy his newly gained riches? Or just that his life ended too soon? Or even because he made such a stupid mistake that he can't face up to doing wrong and ruins everybody's lives instead? Maybe. Maybe. What do you think of that possible origin story? It seems quite likely. Um, yeah. It certainly beats our werewolf spectre theory. I don't know. I don't know. That yeah. would explain why he's floating hands. How come, mm. How come? you know, where's the rest of his body gone? How come it's just his hands that went, you know? We've got to know this. And why are these hands so hairy? You know? Maybe he has high levels of testosterone. Maybe. Who am I to judge, you know? Who am I to judge? I know, Adam, you've got to go in a second, but we've got, we're on the last paragraph now. Is that all right? Hurry up. <laughs> Other descriptions talk of a vengeful prisoner who died in Dartmoor Prison. Another proposal is that in the far distant past, a Bronze Age village stood along the once busy but now sinister Dartmoor Road. So the hands are angry at their resting place being disturbed. Maybe. But the sceptics suggest it's all down to grockles trying to drive narrow, high-walled roads far too fast. A grockle being a holiday maker, especially one visiting a resort in Devon or Cornwall. After the story appeared in the national press, several investigations were carried out into the road. It was eventually determined that the accidents were most likely due to the camber of the road's surface, which reached dangerous levels in place and was duly altered. Told you. I don't like you, Lewis, when you think you've been... <laughs> you've you received I don't like you when you think you're right <laughs> I don't like that your, your opinions aren't fun therefore they upset me notably spectral hands do show up in other places for example in Elias Owen's Welsh Folklore a collection of folk tales and legends of North Wales 1887 there is a story about a man by the name of Roberts instead of attending church on Sunday Roberts went gathering nuts in the nearby fields when he saw a plentiful supply on a bush, he was just about to reach out when a disembodied hand appeared. Roberts assumed that the hand was the devil's own and mended his ways, abandoning his nuts for much higher goal. <laughs> Go on, get the laugh out, get the laugh out. Other similar stories come from Mexico. The owner of the hairy hand is known as La Mano Pachona. In one version, a hated pawn shop owner is cursed by God on his deathbed to have spiritually hairy hands. I mean, personally, if I had to choose, I'd have a hand of glory any day over the hairy hands of Darmor. Yes, I also concur. Hand of glory from me all the way. And that, my friends, is the hairy hands of Darmor. Wow. Cool. Maybe no werewolves, maybe just a rich dead man maybe, with an Italian family. Maybe a military experiment. Maybe. Maybe, or maybe rocket arms. Bad drivers. <laughs> True, just everyone's steaming as they go home. The last explanation. Oh, look, look. Of, oh, bottom, look, way. Bottom of the not list. Not my hands. Not my hands. Look. <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up because you've got to go, Adam. I know you're a busy man. You've got to go mercy, party. Mercy. So, so, uh, if you want to find us on Instagram, it's at MM Midlanders or at MMM 
Idlanders. Idlanders. Or if you want to email us, it's marvels.mysteries at gmail.com. Also, quickly, next week, Lewis will not be with us as he's taking yet another trip to Italy. To Italy again. So we'll be joined by Carly from the Haunted Housewives podcast once more. And that's all I really have to say. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Sorry I had to rush some parts, guys. Someone has to go out and party. Sorry, guys. I have a uh, pinky, I pinky a promise, pinky promise to, to go out you. tonight. So, he has uh, a social life. <laughs> I unfortunately have a social life, yes. It is a mm. curse. I feel like I have hairy hands on my social life right now. <laughs> Driving you headlong into the tree. Driving of, me into the distance. The tree of alcohol poisoning. Have fun, Adam. I can't wait. But yes, thank you so much, guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and take care. Until next time, I'm James. He's Adam. Hello. And he's Lewis Carter. And we are Marvel's Mysteries and Midlanders. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.